In the United Center, where the Wizards just won their second straight game, beat the Bulls in Chicago, 134-125. to In the Otto Porter, Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker revenge game. All of them played somewhere between fine to well. Uh, the Wizards played pretty well, a second straight game against the bottom of the league team. I'm Fred Capps. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I host Wizards After Dark. And I'm here with another former Thunder beat writer who now covers the Bulls for The Athletic, Darnell Mayberry. We got a lot of former Thunder beat writers throughout I know. the country. I know. We yeah. got we got Slater. Yeah. We got, well, just with The Athletic, Yeah. we have four former uh, Oklahoma media members because we got Gina Mizell, too. I think we got more than that. That's just in the NBA. Just the NBA, yeah. Jason Kersey. Right. Uh, who covered OU football for the, right. the Oklahoman. Right. Brett Dawson. Brett Dawson, yeah. So, like, there's a lot of people who've come out of Oklahoma who are at the Athletic now. Really just a lot out of the Oklahoman. And then me. And then you. And that's it. I'm the one non-Oklahoman person there. We probably should have hired you. Who did we hire instead of you? Brett. Brett. No, Brett was great. Brett, huh? you're both great. You're Brett's both awesome. Great. Yeah. No, you both do great work. It's a privilege and an honor to be on your podcast, man. <laughs> I know. I'm glad we're finally doing this. You get to talk about Jabari Parker. Goody. <laughs> the Jabari, guy. No, Jabari so is Jabari. a good dude. Like, he's, a, he's a good dude. I think he's going to do a, a ton for the city for however long he's there. I don't know if they want to keep him. Probably not at $20 million. But, um, you know, his heart is in the right place, man. He's just a genuinely nice, good person. And, uh, you know in terms of his basketball playing ability. He's got his flaws. I'm sure you've talked about it a ton. But he does some things well. And what he does well, he does, you know, um, he's a little inconsistent, but he does, he scores. Uh, he can push the ball on the break. He, he's a pretty good rebounder. Uh, he does a lot of little things. And I like his passing. I think the pass, and Scott Brooks talked about it the other night, or today about the other night's game. He, to me, is an underrated passer because he sees things before they develop. He had a play tonight. I think he kicked it to the corner. I mm-hmm. forgot who he kicked it to, but it was a really nice play in transition in the second half, and uh, it was a big-time three. And uh, th- those are the types of plays that he makes with his passing that I think could really benefit the Wizards. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that was to Ariza, right, in the right, right corner? Yeah, yeah, in right the right corner, corner. yeah. yeah. What's interesting about him is how different of a passer he is in the half court versus how he is in transition. When he gets the ball in the half court, he looks to score. And when he gets the ball in transition, he's really dribbling with his head up and he is looking to create, whether that's like a dump off to a cutter who's around the floor with him, whether he's trying to find a guy in the corner, pass ahead or whatever. And I asked him about that after the game, and he said to me that the, he, he agreed that mm-hmm. he's like that, that he, his approach in transition is totally different in the half court. And he said the reason that he's like that is because when you have so much more space, it's more of an advantage. He said it very eloquently. Uh, he... Uh, he said when you have that much space, you it's more of an advantage to pass the ball because the ball moves faster than anybody, than any person. Right. Uh, and so you can really take advantage passing more in transition than you can in half court. makes perfect sense. Right. Uh, but he is a – I've always thought he's a really – I said this on the last podcast. I think he's a really good passer. He's just not always a really willing passer. That's what I was going to say as you were describing yeah. his transition versus half-court passing. Because to me, in the however many games he played here, he was bouncing in and out of the lineup for some strange reason. 
but it seemed like there was never any consistency with how he played. He he came out one game and he would look like this point forward, you know, assassin who could just kill you in different ways. But then the next night he'd just come out and be a completely different player. So to me, that's the thing that you're wondering about Jabari Parker. What what Jabari Parker are you going to get from night to night? Yeah, so he tonight you got good Jabari Parker. He was very good. So he, had, he played uh, 35 minutes. He had 20 points, 9 for 15 from the field. Uh, what was it, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Yeah. He was really good. He, he made good decisions. He was great. Like what, 6 dunks? 6 dunks. <laughs> He, he might not have had six dunks the entire time in Chicago. I don't, I don't know, but like that, that was impressive. He looked like he was on a mission yeah. to prove to these guys that you know he could play and he deserved to be in the rotation. He told me after the game he's going to feel it in his hand tomorrow yeah. because he was throwing it down harder than he normally does. Yeah, one of them was on Laurie Markkinen, and that was a nice dunk. Uh, you don't, you don't see Laurie get embarrassed like that too much. I mean, the guy's almost a seven footer if he's not seven feet, and. Um, you know, he, he goes up there and challenges shots, but not known as a shot blocker, but that was impressive. Jabari came, what, from the left wing or the right wing and flushed it with his left hand. He had a couple dunks with his left hand tonight that were impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had three of them were two-handed, two were left-handed, and one was right-handed. What I will say, and the Wizards feel like they have something here. In Jabari? I don't think they think he's going to be great, but yeah. I think they think he's going to be a legitimate contributor. Okay. I'm a little more skeptical about that. Okay, yeah. Um, the Wizards think they, they have some of it. They, they acquired him. So when I first saw the trade, I kind of thought he was just there for salary reasons. When they acquired him, they, like, really they want him to play. They are – I'm not saying they're going to resign him. I don't think they know if they're going to resign him. I think he's kind of in an audition to – for them to see how they feel about him. But, like, they were going to give him a legitimate opportunity to play. Part of that is just because, like, look at the roster. they got to give him a legitimate opportunity to play. Uh, and part of it is because I I think they like former high picks. They kind of want to see if they can extract something out of there. Jabari physically is just not that guy. He notoriously came in out of shape this year. He's had two ACL surgeries. But I think they like extracting that. Uh, he's been good for two games. He's also played, you know, the Cleveland is literally the worst defense in the history of the NBA statistically. And uh, actually the Bulls have been pretty good defensively since Boylan. They've been pretty respectable defensively since Boylan no. took over. They, they got off to a better start. Uh, they, they put together a string of games where they were good, but they've fallen off a cliff. Aren't they Aren't they still like 18th or something in defensive efficiency since Boylan? I'd be shocked if they're that high. I'd be Is shocked. it just because like the last like 10 games they're that low? They're they're terrible. Like consistently giving up 120 points to games. I mean, like I don't know what it is per 100, but just consistently in the 100, 120s. And this is just not a good defense. It's not a good team. So... There are caveats with what Jerry has done, but you know he has those moments, and he'll continue to give the Wizards those moments. It's just a matter of, I think, how motivated he might be from night to night, yes. and and how bad. Like he knows that this is it for him. Like there's no more twenty million dollar contracts coming unless he proves himself to be that caliber of player, which is a long shot. So. I think that's going to be a natural motivator for him because he knows that this is. This is make or break time. He's got to go out there and show the league that he can still get it done, and he's worth, uh, you know, seven or eight figure check again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Portis tonight, 
we'll just go through the lines of the other two. Well, let's just say uh, Beal played really well. He had 31. We don't need to talk Bradley Beal. He's just he's just really good at basketball, and he's playing very good basketball right now. Um, Bobby Portis had double double. He had 10 and 12. Otto Porter had 17 on 6 15 shooting. Let's play choose your own adventure. Okay. You want to talk uh, Bobby Portis? You want to talk Otto Porter? You know I'd like to talk Bobby Portis. I Let's mean, talk about Bobby he's Portis. He's got an interesting story, man. Like he's he's a little bit of a character on the court, but then you talk to him and he's you know he tries to downplay and deflect and not be the center of attention. Um, but you can see through that, and you can see he wears his emotions on his sleeve. It was very emotional coming back to Chicago tonight. Bulls fans didn't really care like I think everyone in the media thought they might just because they know his antics, they know his history, the punch. You know, he played with Joakim Noah and those guys. So um, he's got a lot of history here, and and he played hard for this team. He was polarizing, but, um, you know, he's come a long way from being drafted 22nd overall back in, I think, was 2015. Yeah. uh, he's really developed and become a starting caliber power forward. So I'm curious to see what this next chapter is going to be for Bobby because, I mean, the Wizards got minutes there at power forward, do they not? Yeah, they do. And, look, Jeff, Jeff Green missed the second half tonight because of a hip injury, which Scott Brooks says has been nagging him, and it doesn't sound serious. He's day-to-day. Totally possible that he plays on Monday when they play in Detroit. They're off tomorrow. Uh, but if Jeff Green is unable to go – Jabari Parker started the second half in this game. It could be Parker. It could be Portis. Either of those guys could end up popping into that into that slot. Like Just because it was Parker tonight does not mean it would be Parker to start the next time. It could be either of those guys. You think Bobby, Port- Bobby Portis is uh, – what do you think he's going to get this summer? I think he's going to get at least 12. Um, I think probably 12 to 15 annually. Um and I think he's worth it. You know, the guy really is a super scorer if you're bringing him off the bench, and he's really blossomed into a starting caliber forward. Uh, if you want to go small, you can put him at the five. He can be your small ball center, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, and he can space the floor for you. He does things that not a lot of bigs, I mean, more and more bigs are starting to do it, but he does things that not a lot of bigs can do with his shooting and his inside game. So, uh, that's the thing that you know people need to realize. I think about Bobby is that he can score inside and out. Uh, his defense is an issue, but he rebounds well uh, and he brings energy. He is an energy guy who helps teams get through whatever they might be going through on certain nights. So I think he's worth that price. You know what's funny about him? Um, I was having a conversation about Thomas Bryant not too long ago, and we were trying to think of big men to compare him to. Montrezl Harrell was somebody who who I had talked about with this person, and he's a little he's not as athletic as Montrezl Harrell, and he shoots threes, and Harrell doesn't really do that, but like just like the energy and the motive was there. Mm-hmm. Somebody that came up in that conversation was Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. Portis is more of a four, Bryant's more of a five, but they both play really hard. The most evident parts of their games are their motors. They both move their feet pretty well. They're both skilled offensive players. Both They both, like, roll really hard. Pretty active screen setters. They both, both shoot threes well, like, you know, well for big men. Like, they've got – they kind of got a lot in common with that. And if you pair them together, 
you're going to struggle on defense, at least today. Yeah. Because Thomas Bryant is 21 years old, and he's not there, and Portis is, what, 23? Something like and, that. And, and he plays hard. Yeah. He plays hard. He's just he's just a liability there right. now. And right. same thing with Thomas Bryant. No one's knocking Thomas Bryant's effort. Dude mm-hmm. plays his ass off. But he's he's 21 years old, and he's right. his footwork's not there, and his you know play recognition stuff and signal calling is not there yet, which is fine. He's 21. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's funny because they have a lot – they have a lot of similarities there, I think. Yeah, and it was the same with Larry Markin and here. Um, you know, you put those two guys together, and it was just like they get torn to shreds defensively because Larry Markin's a young guy like Bryant. Bobby Portis is a defensive liability. He tries, but he. there was a game earlier this year, Wizards fans should go back and look at it. I think it was the Pistons. Ish Smith was running the high pick and roll. I think they came and set a um, – you know, double screen or a uh, like a horn set, and he could pick and choose which side he wanted to go to. Uh, and he he went left, and Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker were the backside of the defense, and they both got just lit up. Like he split them and made the layup, and this was for the game. You know, it's like you don't see game-winning layups all that often in the NBA, and. Uh, the way he made the defense look that night was just, I mean, it's kind of what you're talking about. It, they just can't, he can't physically move the way he needs to to be able to be a good defender. Um, but, man, can he score. When he gets when he gets going, man, it's it's fun to watch offensively. Yeah, no, he, he can get, I mean, Wizards fans saw that in his first game. Yeah. He got so high. He had 16 points in his first six minutes. Mm-hmm. He was on fire. He had 30 in that game. I like the tweet where they, the Bulls said something, or someone said something about Otto Porter making his first three shots as a Bull. I made my first six. Yeah, yeah man. Come great. on, man. That's, that's the kind of Bobby Porter. Like, that's Bobby Porter. That's the guy you guys are getting. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Look, anybody who, like, shows personality and is not a total, like, total jerk, great by me. I love that. You seem I like just, you got a pretty good locker room. They do have a good locker room. Uh, it was better... Keith was a great quote. Okay. Now he's gone. Yeah. John Wall's a really good quote. Yeah. Now he's, for the most part, not really talking. Right. Um, Bill's not bad, right? Bill's, Bill's a great quote. Yeah. He's a really good quote. Um, Sadoransky's a good one. Portis will be funny, it seems like. Yeah. Jabari seems like he'll be a funny one. I mean, just ask him about Jim Boylan. Oh, my <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> he... I wonder how much more he has to say that he didn't say tonight. Um, you know, I, I talked to him. Were you there when we were talking to him before the game? Yeah. And I, I asked him a question because I had done some previous reporting about how Jim Boylan was Jabari Parker's guy. Um, he was the one who was like a shooting coach. All these guys have a, a signed shooting coach. Uh, and they had a great relationship. And, and then all of a sudden, within like a week or two of Jim Boylan taking or getting the head coaching job, they just have a falling out, and Jabari Parker's out of the rotation. He's not even playing. <laughs> and I thought, what's his name? Jabari Parker was pretty candid tonight in saying it all changed as soon as he got the head coaching job. Like, you don't hear players talk about stuff like that too much as candidly as Jabari was tonight. Yeah. No, you really don't. Um, let's talk Otto real quick yeah. before we finish up. One thing I wonder about Otto is he's an awesome piece to put in 
if you've got something going already. Right. He's a great shooter. He's a really good team defender. He's a good one-on-one defender. He's a good passer within the – he's not necessarily like a great creator for guys, but he's a good passer within the offense. You know, if the ball comes to him on the wing and there's somebody open in the corner, he will swing it to the guy in the corner every time. Like he's a good passer within the movement of the offense. He's got to be like a guy now, though. And like, yeah, he was the highest paid player on the Wizards, but John Wall and Bradley Beal have so many responsibilities that like, yeah, he was a tertiary option, but he was a distant tertiary option. And and he's not – like, Markkinen is super talented really good and and Wendell Carter I think is going to be really good and Levine is obviously a ball dominant guy but like within the hierarchy of this team he's closer to the top than he was with the Wizards Mm -hmm. and I just wonder how offensively he is going to fit into that yeah Bulls fans thought that last night against Brooklyn um you know for the first four or five minutes he was quiet uh, and all of a sudden he makes his first shot. And, you know, but people before that, people were, where's Otto Porter? What's you know what's this guy doing? And they were getting worried. He ends up, he ends up having a good game. Uh, but you saw that in his debut. You know, Wizards fans are all too familiar with it. But Bulls fans saw that in his debut. They saw that tonight at times. You know, he, he hit a couple shots early, but you know, he was just kind of just out there. Um, and at one point I saw, I looked up, he had like one rebound. What did he finish with? Two rebounds, um, you know, and this is a guy who's making twenty six and twenty seven million dollars a year. Um, that is going to be a problem in Chicago because they don't have a John Wall yet. They do not have a Bradley Beal yet. So that puts more of the onus on Otto Porter to be that guy. And you know, we both watched him uh, for for you know, since he's been in the league, but uh, he just doesn't appear to be that guy and in Chicago that can be a lot much more of a problem than it was in Washington yeah for sure I I think he's a guy who um, disproportionately benefits from having a really good creator next to him Uh, a guy who is really looking for him and really wanting to open him up specifically and try to find him because when he shoots well like the last two years he was one of the best shooters in the NBA hands down he was incredible there and hasn't been as, it's not like he's been a bad shooter this year. He's been a good shooter. He just hasn't been one of the five best in the league, you know? Yeah. Um, so I wonder. I wonder how it's going to go. But that's kind of the story. It's not his fault. No. Somebody offers me a max contract, I'm taking it. Right. And I'm like, hey, you shouldn't have given a max contract to a beat writer, you know? <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. You should have given it to a national writer, not a beat yeah. writer. Yeah. But I'm, I'm taking that contract. I'm not going to be like, I'm not worth that. So it's not his fault. But I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if... Uh, if he's that guy, but he is a good player. Yeah. He's a good player. You, I um, think everyone loves the player or really likes the player, mm-hmm. and they hate the contract. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Joe, it's Joe Johnson syndrome Yeah, is what it is. Like, Joe Johnson was really freaking good, right. but he turned into a punchline because he had a ginormous max contract that made him overpaid. And everyone was like, Joe Johnson was overpaid, which in the narrative turned into Joe Johnson isn't good, which isn't true at all. Right. Joe Johnson is really, he was really, really good for a really long time. And then that just never, that stink never came off of him. Like even after he, the, he wasn't on that contract anymore, he signed a reasonable deal with Utah and was a very good role player for them for a couple of years. People were, were saying, uh, Joe Johnson, people made fun of that contract for Utah saying, Joe Johnson's not good. It's like, Joe Johnson is good. Now he's not overpaid. Right. I'm curious to see what the Bulls do at the end of this contract. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of that's going to be based on, well, I'm curious to see what they do 
with regards to what his next contract looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Otto Porter is a keeper. Uh, I'm curious to see what he commands and how much different that's going to be to where he is now. And we all know the cap's going up and money's going up. It's it's all crazy. Um, but, you know, I think the Bulls are going to be able to keep him at a good price uh, or a much better price. Uh, but I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's possible. I wonder if he's, I don't know the answer to this, he's never taken more than 20 shots in a game. Yeah. I wonder if he's the only max player in the league who's never taken more than 20 shots in a game. Did Gordon Hayward get max? He's probably taking more than 20 shots in a game. Hayward's 100% taking more than yeah. 20. Hayward's average is over 20, so he's okay, definitely taking okay. more than right. 20 in a game. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a... Rudy Gobert didn't get a max. He would be a guy who I would think. It's interesting. I mean, we it's already a storyline here. You know, we've, we've read you guys' stories and, you know, seen some of Scott Brooks' quotes about it, and we were asking him before the game tonight. I don't, the crazy thing was Otto said he disagrees with it. He was asked about it. He said he disagrees with it. Is that shocking to you? Have you heard him disagree with that before? I think Otto was just giving the answer that he thought he was supposed to give okay. in that all situation. Right. I don't think don't, he was. You don't read too much into it. I don't read into that at all. Okay. I, I think he was just kind of giving the answer that, you know, yeah. he, he didn't want to make it seem like, hey, I don't shoot enough. Because, you know, what's he supposed to say on that to uh, being, you know, 48 hours into this yeah. new job with this new company. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You got his 25 mil. What difference does it make? Yeah, I think, I think sometimes Otto just kind of says what he thinks he's yeah. supposed to say. And if he misreads it, he misreads it, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I don't read into that. Well, it ought to be all. interesting to see which way, which direction these two franchises go after this move. I mean, that's that's really, yeah. I think, going to be telling. Uh, Bulls feel like they did what they wanted to do, and the Wizards obviously accomplished what they set out to accomplish with getting out of the tax and all of that. So, um, you know, you're looking at two bad to mediocre teams, but, you know, one's got two stars left on it, and the other one's trying to find its first. Yep. Well... Uh, plug your great work before we uh, finish up. Find me at the same place you find Fred Katz here uh, at The Athletic. Um, you know, I'm at Darnell Mayberry on Twitter, and it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Follow Darnell's work. It's awesome. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a nice review. I will be back on Monday. They play in Detroit on Monday. I'll be in Detroit, and I'll be podcasting from there with a guest as well. And uh, I'll talk to you guys then. Yeah.